you cannot let me hit record <laughs> and just like have a smooth pause and start. Like you're incapable. All right, I'm done. I promise. Here we go. Ready to go. Start the count now. Stop talking. Three. Two. <laughs> you have wasted 22 seconds. Take two. There was no take one. <laughs> take three. This is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast. I welcome this is episode five of the Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel. I'm here with James and Corey. This is a podcast where we discuss familiar ideas in potentially unfamiliar ways. And what we're going to be talking about this week is managing expectations. That is something that every single person is going to encounter at some point in your life, whether it's expectations that you have set for yourself or things that others have put on you that you are aware of or not, managing expectations is something we all have to figure out. And so as we start off today, I just want to toss this question out there. What are some expectations that have been placed on you, whether you were aware of them or not, um, that were left unmet? And what, how did you respond to that? So mm. what are some expectations that have been dropped on you that you left unmet? And how do you respond to that? Mm. Expectations that were put on me. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know when this is getting published. Um, so we either are about to deal with this or have just gotten done dealing with this. But I feel like I'm reminded of all the ways I don't feel, fulfill people's expectations of me every holiday season. Uh, you know, everybody, everybody has expectations of people in their family during the holiday season. I want you here at this time on this day. I want it to work with my schedule. I want it to be, you know, I want everybody here for a substantial amount of time. <clears throat> I want, uh, you know, I want, I want this to, you know, just go perfectly. We all have, our families have expectations of us, um, yearly, annually, um, you know, for, for us to, for us to meet and, and for us to uphold traditions that, uh, you know, we've been trying to uphold for 30 years, you know, um, and uh, that gets increasingly, increasingly difficult uh, every year as, you know, your children get older or if you're like Rachel and I, you just add a kid every once in a while, you know, just it gets it gets it gets more and more uh, difficult to fulfill people's expectations of you uh, around the holiday season, families' expectations of you around the holiday season. So it's just what was on the on the top of my head, and I'm sure we'll get deeper than that. Yeah, and, like, for my wife and I, it's like our families all want to plan stuff during the prime time on mm -hmm. the day of the holiday. Yeah. And if it's not that, it doesn't matter. So if it's not, like, the most comfortable in prime time on that day, so it's like, oh, we have to choose. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. I've just been trying not to get kicked out of my family for the last <laughs> 15 years. So. Man, my favorite is when is when everybody and their mother wants to make holiday arrangements for Christmas on Thanksgiving. And I'm just trying to, like, be full and watch the Cowboys play. But they want to, like, choose right then to talk about, like, so what are we going to do for Christmas? Like, I, I just want to know if the Cowboys are going to win today. And that hasn't been true for a minute. I was watching this Netflix movie. Um, cause I don't have Hallmark, so I'm binging all the Netflix movies, right? Um, well there's this series 
and uh, it's called it's called Dash and Lily. If anybody cares, but I was watching this series, and in one of the episodes, the grandpa is standing up, giving out his Christmas gifts at their like church or whatever their like service that their family goes to every year, and he stands up, and before <laughs> before he gives his Christmas gifts to his grandkids, he lists. <laughs> He lists all his grievances <laughs> against them. <laughs> and then, and then asks them if they're going to do better <laughs> before he gives the gift. I was, I was watching this like, is this man serious? You know, he is giving his clear expectations man. to them, yeah. you know. Communicating all of his unmet expectations. <laughs> right. You know, uh, yeah. And as far as Netflix is concerned, there's like a Christmas series with uh, Candace Cameron, a.k.a. DJ Tanner, mm-hmm. and Dolly Parton. That's that's it. If it's not, it's, it's on. What? Oh, yeah, it's magic. The only thing that can make it better is if Colt <laughs> McCoy was driving his F-150. Oh that's the only thing that can make it better. Uh, America. Yeah. Okay, that's a side note. Okay. Oh. It's it's epic. Like it's it's Christmas. It's Dolly created with DJ Tanner. Just just they're all just good Christians. If Dolly was singing "Islands in a Stream," that's not like <laughs> only thing that can make it better. Okay, so managing expectations, right? I think the hardest management of expectations for me that I can think of, like in the past decade, and it's like hitting my head real fresh now is like when I'm invited into spaces, I've learned more often than not that like Christian spaces particularly, evangelical Christian spaces more particularly, white evangelical spaces even more particularly, are inviting me into those spaces because I'm black. And that's Mm. difficult for me in a sense because the place that I'm from, there's black people, there's white people, there's Serbian and Bosnian refugees, so I, like, think that I'm being invited into these spaces because they genuinely want to want me to contribute what I can give to those spaces. Or, But the reality is they're inviting me into those spaces to be black. They're trying to tokenize me. Mm. And what's, what I found is, like, a weight and a burden in those spaces is sometimes, like, I desire to be in them. So when I sense that, like, yeah. It's difficult because I'm like, man, am, am I your picture of blackness in this space or not? Because I'm from Barberton. I like Kanye and I like Fall Out Boy. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, what I, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I do both. So it's like in the space, like, am I being black enough to be in that space? And the older I've gotten, I realize now, like, blackness is not a monolith. And, like, it's their fault for trying to tokenize me. So, but, yeah, I felt that, like, particularly in a few different spaces and instances that, like, there's an expectation to be this. And when I find myself trying to slide into those expectations or be something that I'm not, that's me, like, trying to feed into those expectations that, yeah, or unfair and even sinful expectations yeah from others so when somebody invites you into that space now 
now being on this side of the of that Kairos moment, right? Um, how do you how do you deal with those now, right? Because I know you well enough to know like you don't say no to the invitation typically, uh, at least not for that for that reason normally. Uh, so how 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 do you like process that and how do you manage that now? Yeah, so now I have like this. Yeah, I have this internal metric system now. So now my internal metric system says, okay, is what they're paying me worth my mental health? <laughs> and it's like this is the scale. And it's like if it hits on the scale where it's like this is only one day, yeah, they may say something crazy, but they're about to give me that check. Jada's got to eat, so. <laughs> like, so it's it's that scale. There are a lot of things now where I'm just like, you know what? This is not, this project is not worth, like, my not worth being in the sunken place for the next six months. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm not about to do this or, or venture there. Mm-hmm. And sadly, now more often than not, I'm in a space where I just I say no a whole lot more than is in my mm-hmm. nature to say no. Yeah. I say no a whole lot more than than surely I would have uh, in 2015. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's not it's not. I mean, since I've known you, it's never been in your nature to to say no or to, you know, not not show up at something where people people want you there. Um, and I think it's a, uh, I think it's a great deal of like, that's part of the maturation process, right? Is like learning, learning when and how to, uh, to say no. And I think that a vital part of managing other people's expectations is saying no, right? That's for me, like that's, that's what I found. I think the most difficult area for me to manage other people's expectations of me is in leadership. Um, you know, pastoral leadership or, or whatever it might be. Um, and a lot of that is because I also was really bad for a very long time at saying no. I wanted to be able to meet everyone's expectations. I wanted to be able to um, to fulfill whatever need you perceived I could meet. And for me, the dangerous place that that got me to was somewhere along the line I stopped remembering that I'm in this position and I'm in leadership because I serve Jesus and I mistakenly put myself in the position of Jesus and I gave my servanthood to the church and to the people rather than to Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that that is that is a scary, dangerous, and um, rundown place that that I'm kind of still trying to like process process my way my way out of. Um, I recently I recently uh, spent time uh, with with a good friend of ours, uh, Trey, in uh, in Texas. Shout out to Trey Grant, the Well Church Keller in Texas. Uh, we went down to Houston for a few days to spend time with one of his uh, former prof- professors. And uh, one of the things that his professor talked to us about was um, uh, was was the leader like leadership um, and how we've we've typically led. Right. So we typically lead in one of two ways. One way is is leadership um, that is that is top down, like picture picture a triangle uh, with the point uh, facing up. Um, And we lead in a way where, you know, we're leading down to people. Um, 
And we've learned that from Christ being the Savior of, of all people. Um, but like I said, what, what happens when we get to that space is we end up, we end up picturing uh, or putting ourselves in the position of a Savior, and we you know, kill ourselves trying to, trying to manage and meet everyone's expectations um, for us to swoop in and save the day. The triangle, you know, vice versa, going the other way, leadership from the bottom up is you put that you put the point of the triangle on yourself and you become uh, we call that servant leadership where I'm here. Like I'm actually at the bottom of of the totem pole and I'm leading I'm leading up uh, to people. And we get that from Christ being, you know, Christ coming as a as a servant Um the problem with that then is, is as I just stated, the, the full weight of the triangle is on its point on top of, on top of you. And you no longer become a, a servant of Christ, but you become a slave. You become a slave to people's agendas. You become a slave to people's expectations. And, um, you know, all of that comes comes when you when you don't deal in a healthy way of uh, with with other people's expectations, or you take their expect expectations too seriously upon yourself, and you begin to think of you subconsciously think of yourself as as the savior or the servant rather than rather than Christ. But um, but what he would suggest is that leadership should look like those triangles coming together, where. Jesus is both the Savior King uh, and the Servant King. And so um, what that looks like for us in terms of leadership and in terms of managing other people's expectations is Christ is your Savior. Like, we all, like, we all know at this table, like, it's, it's the work of the Spirit. People's, people's transformation in their lives is a work of the Spirit. It's nothing, it's nothing that we can do. Like, Christ is, is the Savior. Um, and as far as servanthood, like, I'm a servant of Christ. So if I do something for you or for my community, it's not because you expect me to or because my community expects me to. It's because I'm a servant of Christ and he has asked me to. Mm. And that's a place where coming into the new year, I'm trying to be permanently which is where like I do things for people not because they expect me to or I say things not because you expect me to or I show up to things not because you expect me to or you're even paying me to, but because I serve Christ with my whole life and I believe he has asked me to. Mm. Mm. So you, you briefly uh, touched on this in what you were saying. Um, talking about how the expectations of others end up weighing you down um, if you're not if you're not focusing right and you're not aligned right and things like that. There's something when it comes to expectations that I want to touch on. This this might ruffle some feathers. Uh oh. Um, but I know, like in our in our few years, uh, leading churches, planting churches, um, doing. Uh, doing things on college campuses. One thing that I constantly uh, do is fail people because <laughs> they have not told me their expectations or or they have communicated an expectation to me 
but are unwilling to be active in helping to meet that expectation. Mm. So what I mean is, like, I feel like I constantly have people who are bringing me suggestions, suggestions, right? Um, Things that they see that are gaps, uh, maybe in the church, maybe in the ministry that you're doing. Um, But upon communicating those gaps, when you turn that around and say, cool, do you want to help me do that? They say, no. (laughs) Well, I'm so sorry. Then you, there's nothing I can do for you. Because you saw that gap. I didn't see that gap. And just because you've now dropped that expectation on me, that does not mean I have anything that I can do to meet it. Yeah. You know, like you saw that gap. Perhaps you were fit to help fill it. Yeah. You laid that on my heart. You, the Lord didn't lay that right, on my heart. Right, right, right. <laughs> you laid that on me. God did not lay that on my heart. And so, you know, there's nothing there's nothing I can do. If you have come to me and communicated an expectation, but you are unwilling to become active and fulfilling that expectation, well, there's nothing there's nothing I can do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to Dr. Willie Jennings. He's a uh, theology professor at Princeton. Dude does the craziest, like the best writing. Yeah, his Acts commentary is like the it's one of the best things I've ever read. Like it's absolutely incredible. But he was he was telling a story about one of his colleagues whose daughter was getting baptized, and like he's one of his colleagues, so he's a theology professor too. And he, like, told his daughter that he didn't want to, like, baptize her. So the pastor of the church was baptizing his daughter. But he told his daughter he did want to, like, get in the water and, like, talk to her. So before she was baptized, like, he just, like, asked the pastor, he's like, can I say something to my daughter for one second? And he said he took the mic and he just looked at his daughter and he said, you are my daughter and I love you. And he said he just started recalling, like, all the things he loved about her since she was a baby. And then he looked at her and he said, you are, you are now becoming a part of the kingdom of God. He's like, you are being baptized. He's like, so you are going to go down a daughter and come up a sister. Down a daughter, up a sister. Mm. And he said he said it like three times and he said you could feel like the congregation shake in that like he's saying like, like you're in now. And the reality is, like, as a part of the kingdom of God, like, we are a part of not something that's only countercultural and counterintuitive, but something that is a whole separate reality. God's kingdom is a different reality mm-hmm. than the context of this world. And I think as evangelicals or as, yeah, Bible-believing Christians, right, I think it's easy for us to acknowledge that, like, we need Christ to transform our motives and our actions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Those need be sanctified and those need be transformed by Jesus. But the reality is our expectations need to be transformed as well uh-huh. because they live in a context of this world. And in that context, our world as Americans is laden with consumerism. Yeah, mm-hmm. We are consumers. So our expectations live out of that reality. So in God's kingdom, even though we are trying to be like Jesus— The reality is our context says, like, we view the church, we view our pastors, we view ministries. What can I get from it? Mm -hmm. Like, like, what can I take from it? When in all reality, like, in God's kingdom, like, we realize that all we could ever want has been given to us by Jesus. 
all we all we could ever imagine has been given to us by Christ. So in that, we have to ask him to consistently change our expectations, and that has to transform the way that we look at our pastors. It has to transform the way that we look at the folks in our church. Like, I have a daughter. It has to transform the way that I look at volunteers when I drop her off whenever mm-hmm. we restart celebration. Like, I'm not asking them to, like, do some magic trick and disciple my kid. No. <laughs> Like, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that's crazy. I'm thanking them for, like, filling time and filling space. And I think when we ask God to, like, transform our expectations even, it changes who we are as individuals and it changes who we are as a collective. Yeah. I want to. I want to real quick uh, back up a second and just and just make sure that uh, make sure I give credit where credit is due. The professor that that uh, shared those things with us was Dr. Elliot Mallory Green. I just wanted to give that dude a shout a shout out because he's dope as heck. Um, and I also want to shout out a guy who just walked past a few seconds ago. John Morris is the is the man. And one of the things that when I was going through our pastoral residency. Uh, one of the things he he said to me that I that has just always stuck with me is that disappointment disappointment comes from unmet expectations mm. and I think a lot of us can <clears throat> can relate to the feelings of disappointment from other people disappointment from people in leadership in our churches disappointment from pastors around the country that we have listened to or have admired from afar um, that ultimately end up letting us down. Um, Disappointment even, you know, in times in our, in our unheld disappointment from God. Um, Like I'm disappointed. Um, And, and what I've always found ever since John said that to me was, was that, that, that yes, my disappointment has always come from an unmet expectations. And what I've noticed about myself personally, I'm not, if, you know, I'm not trying to say anything about anybody. What I've noticed about myself is that I would say eight to nine times out of 10, that expectation that I had of somebody else, I never communicated. Like Mm -hmm. Rachel was saying, I never communicated to that person or was probably an unrealistic expectation to have of that person because that person is not Jesus. Mm-hmm. That person is not Jesus. And my expectations as I become as they as I allow them to become transformed, my expectations also, like you're saying, should be found in Christ, not in the people around me. Let's um, let's take this just in a totally different direction for a second. Um you touched on you touched on something, both of you guys, in um, changing your expectations uh, of others and changing your expectations on yourself. So let's play that out. Let's take it away from work for a second. Let's take it away from the church for a second, um, and let's take it into uh, relationships. This could be with your spouses. Watch it because I'm right here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, this could be with spouses. This could be with friendships. This I could have be with- no unmet expectations. <laughs> I am completely satisfied and feel great in my marriage and uh, all relationships in life. Well, no, I will say like. I'll sit this it, one out. It took, I mean, it took, it took Corey and I a while to learn how to fight well. Um, and I don't, I, we, we don't, are, we are learning, we are learning how to fight well. Yeah. Like <laughs> we don't ever, especially in premarital counseling with people, we don't ever tell people 
uh, to have the expectation that you're not going to fight. We say we're going to help you figure out how to fight well um, because you're going to do it. But I know, I know for me, like sometimes I, I'm the kind of person that will take a completely menial task like doing dishes or sweeping or vacuuming or whatever it might be a completely menial task. And I do one of two things while, while I'm completing that task, I worship or I complain in my head. (laughs) One of the two things is always happening when I'm doing that. I'm either, I'm either like going to, going to a spiritual place and worshiping and praising God in that moment. Yeah. Like literally just yesterday I was texting, um, Lamont and Kendrick, because I got done doing dishes, and I texted them, and I was like, hey, while I was doing the dishes, I was praying, and y'all told me to pray over this thing for content for the tribe, and here's this word I got. Or I'm running over and over and over a scenario and thinking about all the things that I should have said and all the things that I want to say the next time I see said person. You know what I mean? Like, I'm either going to a holy place or just a terrible place. And I know... One of the things that I used to get so mad about, um, especially early on in our marriage, was things that I felt like Corey wasn't doing at home. And then I would realize I'm getting mad at him for expectations that I never communicated to him. I'm getting mad at him because I feel like he didn't help me clean. Did I ever ask him to clean? He doesn't value that. Acts of service is not a way that he experiences or shows love in any way. So I cannot get mad. And you know what's you know what's happened since I said, hey, it really makes me upset when you see me cleaning and you don't help. <laughs> He's helped one hundred percent of the time since I communicated that to him. And so we like we get upset with people, but we don't even we don't even give them the chance or the opportunity to fulfill that expectation. And I know, like, I mean, I know even this morning, I was like, hey, I want to get some stuff cleaned up this morning. And he's up around the house helping me do all kinds of things. And I didn't even have to say anything about it because he knows, hey, that's a way, that's an expectation that I have is that if you see me doing this, I would appreciate if you help. Mm-hmm. And he does it. We get, we don't, we so often, we spend t- so much time mad at people and we haven't even given them the chance to fulfill that expectation. Yeah. And I think what, yeah, what's so intriguing about what you just like communicated is like your expectations when considered with his expectations became your together expectations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like and in any relationship, you trade an I for a we and it becomes like not my expectations, but our expectations. And I think like that's in any kind of relationship. It's what's been incredibly important. Yeah, it's what I'm learning day by day. Is like, no, it's it's our expectations now, and it's what I was talking about with yeah, with leadership. Even like we find ourselves in such a consumer context. Like, like I'm a consumer. Like I view relationships. I view people. It's all through the lens of like, what can I get from it. When I'm at my best, I'm saying Jesus has paid it all. Jesus has given so much to me. And because he's given so much to me, now I can give to others. Now I can live into beatitude and blessedness and give these gifts to the world around me. And, yeah, I think when that's happening, that's the gift that the church 
uniquely gives to the world because Jesus has so given to us. Like, yeah, Shobaraka, yeah. He says, if anything, we should follow our great hero, speaking of Jesus, always give 100% and expect zero. Yeah. Right? So we can, because of Jesus, we can now step into a space where, yeah, we can give without expecting anything in return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's one of the great gifts in relationships, especially, that we give to the world around us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We love because Christ has loved us. We don't love because we're expecting something in return. We serve not because we're expecting a thank you or like something in return. We give because of what's been given to us, like not because we want yeah, the world to pay us back. Yeah. And I think in relationships that's yeah, a unique gift that the church offers to the world around it. I think what scares me about about um, you know, expectations in relationships specifically is how damaging they can be to our lives when we don't process expectations gone wrong. Mm. Um, you know, specifically I'm thinking of how many people I know, um, are living hurt lives, um, because of unmet expectations all the way back in childhood. Right. Like we 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 were children, so we didn't know how to process that. We had an expectation of our of of a parent or of a guardian. Um, And when they didn't fulfill that perfectly, like we carry the wounds of that with us into adulthood. And when we don't process those things, we those things have those hurts and those wounds have ways of manifesting themselves in the most ugliest uh, in the in the ugliest ways, and I think for me, like a lot of t- a lot of the time, I, I think in a lot of instances, I didn't realize things that I carried with me, like unmet expectations that I was carrying um, from you know whether it be whether it be family members or people of influence uh, in my life through childhood. I never realized how damaging not processing those wounds were uh, until I became a parent. And I would say or do something with my kids and be like, where the heck did that come from? And, you know, realize that that it was me acting out of like my hurt of an unmet expectation when I was like five. You know what I mean? Like like and and we we dismiss them as like as like, you know, we're kids or, you know, no, nobody's parents are perfect or nobody's family is perfect. Um, but we've got to process those things and we've got to give those things like going back to what you said. We've got to be transformed by Christ in those things. We've got to learn to find those things in the redemptive nature of Jesus and not hold on to that unforgiveness um, because when we hold on to unforgiveness, a we can't be fully we can't be fully in Christ and allow Him to uh-huh. to to manifest Himself in our lives in all the ways that He wants to, and that's probably the more important part. But b we also you know find ourselves thirty years old and acting acting you know hurt and and crying over things that happened to us you know forever ago, and we're still acting out of that hurt even as bosses at our job or employees at our job or you know parents now or you know relatives now like it's. You know, it's it, it really hurts when you don't when you don't process those things. And that's, you know, that's just something I want to make sure to throw in there because it's something that, you know, we're processing now uh, in our house. So. so we hit on a whole lot of different angles of expectations. Um, and I think if I was going to summarize everything, I was going to summarize 
all these different topics we hit today, um, I would say this. Communicate your expectations of others and make sure the expectations that you are holding over yourself are in line with Jesus. Make sure that those expectations that you are holding yourself to are not things that have been set on you by culture. They are not things that have been set on you uh, by your life experiences, but they are expectations that you are putting on yourself because of who you are as a redeemed and empowered person following Jesus Christ. All right, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with episode six. Bless up. Bless up.